Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 to 16. And it reads this. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Have you ever thought about what the purpose of your life is? It seems like a very deep and philosophical question, but have you ever thought about this, this journey of life that we live? You know, for some of us, like our babies, they're just starting. For some of us are a little bit further down the track in our journey of life. You know, baby Artrov, he's, he's three days old now. Three days old. You know, what do you, what do you think the purpose of his life will be? You know, the, the, the generalized version of, of what our lives look like, if I was to summarize it against, I guess, all of humanity, it looks something basically like this in the Western world. We, after we're born, we grow up, we get to an age where we go to school, we get educated. After school, we, we, we go and get a job, we earn some money. With that money, we get to buy things, enjoy things. Uh, houses and cars and holidays. Uh, if you're lucky, somewhere down the track, you get married. Uh, if you're luckier, you get kids. And then while you are earning money, uh, after you have kids, now you have to spend that money on your kids. Pay for things like saxophone lessons, soccer lessons, tennis lessons, braces, glasses, you know, like when your kid loses their bus pass. I don't know if you guys know that. You guys know what a bus pass is? Okay, maybe not. You know, and then they, they, and then they grow up and then they study and then they, they get married and then they have children and suddenly you're a grandparent. And then you spend some time looking after your grandchildren. You know, along the way, you, you, you get to an age where you retire from your job and hopefully you've got, you know, decent superannuation. And you've got some money to live off. And then, I guess after that, you die. Seems like a very generalized element of life, but, but I think a good proportion of our Western world would fit somewhere into that category. And I, I want to ask, so now, what's the goal? What's the goal of our life? What's the goal of doing all this and going through life and going through these processes? You know, even just this week, I was speaking to someone and, and we were talking about this idea of, well, what's the purpose of your life? And he said, well, I want to be happy. I said, oh, yeah, that's, that's a pretty decent answer, to be happy. And I would say that's probably one of the top, you know, few answers in the world. And then the next question was, well, if you want to be happy, well, how are you going to be happy? You know, what, what comes about to bring you a life of happiness? And, and, and he then moved on to the word, oh, I want to be comfortable. When I'm comfortable, 
I'm happy. Whether that be financially comfortable, whether that be relationally comfortable, uh, whether that be academically comfortable. And this kind of is the theme of our world. To be happy, you need to be comfortable. And to be comfortable, you need to have all the things that are around you. That's why we study hard. For all the students that are with us, that's why you're studying hard. So that you can get that job. That's why we work hard. So that we can get that promotion. That we can earn that money. So that we can have this happy and comfortable life. But before I go on, I want to quickly burst that bubble. Because as a Christian, as a Jesus-following believer, the end goal of our lives is so far away from comfort and happiness. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I want to burst this bubble for you very quickly. God did not create you for comfort and for worldly happiness. If this were the case, you don't need God. You just need to work hard or you just need to get lucky. Today, the sermon is titled, I wanted comfort, but God gave me calling. And that's exactly what God gives to each and every one of us. Our purpose of our lives is not about how comfortable and happy that we can be. It's about the calling. It's about living for the calling that God has placed on each and every one of our lives. You know, Jesus makes this very clear in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 to 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can you give in exchange for their soul? Jesus makes this loud and clear. Whoever wants to be his follower, whoever wants to be his disciple, the first thing that Jesus calls us to do is to deny ourselves. This means to deny what we desire first and foremost. Jesus isn't forcing this choice on you, and you've got to hear me today. Jesus doesn't put a gun to your head and say, what is this? You know, he's, he doesn't say you either believe or, you, you know, it's a free choice. But what he's saying is, if you're going to choose me, if you're going to choose this life to follow me, believe in me, then you need to know and understand the terms and conditions you are signing up. The first one being, you must deny yourself. You must deny yourself. This could be denying yourself of worldly pleasure. This could be denying yourself of worldly comfort. It could be denying yourself of a perfect career. It could be denying yourself of excelling in this world. But Jesus is saying, follow me and not the world. But the problem is for too many Christians, this is where we struggle. This is where the battlefield is. You know, we love God. 
We love God and, and we want to know more about Him and we want to follow Jesus. But what we want to do is we want to do that within the comfort of our own lives. We want to follow Jesus on our terms and conditions, not His terms and conditions. That's why we live lives where we pick and choose how we follow Jesus. Yes, Jesus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deny myself the Sunday afternoon where I could be outside on this beautiful day at the beach or down in a, a park or a picnic or I could go and have dinner with my friend. I'm going to deny myself that, right? And I'm going to come to church and worship you. I'm going to deny myself. Oh, but financially, uh, I don't know about that area, Jesus. We pick and choose how we follow Jesus. You know, for so many of us, when we follow Jesus, uh, suddenly when it starts to cost us something, whether it be our time, our finances, our, our hearts, a little bit of persecution comes and suddenly, instead of following with Jesus, we quickly turn away from Him. You know, we say that we're Jesus followers and yet in so many areas of our lives, we are following our own desires and comfort. We wanted comfort, but God gives us calling. What's the call? What's the goal? What's the life journey all about? Jesus tells us in the passage we read today. Let me read it again. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 to 16. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Once again, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. It gives light to everyone in the house. An amazing phrase. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. What's the goal? The goal is to shine the light of Jesus in the dark world that we live in. It's to be the flavor, the flavor of Jesus in this flavorless world. It's to make a difference by being a difference in the world we live in. It's, it's to be a, a part of God's great plan. And what's God's great plan? To seek and save the lost. To be a part of that. When God's great plan is to redeem His people, to, to find the lost. Our goal is to be a part of what God is already doing. This is our goal. This is our purpose. This is our call. There is nothing more satisfying than being who you were created to be. There is nothing more fulfilling in our lives than doing exactly what you were created to do. To wake up in the morning having a clear idea of who you are, why you exist, knowing that this is what I want to do today. Can I tell you, is one of the most exciting things that we can experience in our lives. To know that we don't live just for ourselves, 
just for our own comfort and desires, but we exist for a greater calling on our lives is greater than any comfort or pleasure this world has to offer. To know that our purpose in life goes beyond our own lives, that goes beyond the grave, that our mission goes beyond ourselves to be used by God is a privilege and an honor. But on the flip side, there is nothing sadder than watching people live their lives having no idea why they exist. Watching people struggle and strive in a world, trying to build their own kingdoms, to exist for their own comfort, watching people live their lives so off the mark. There is nothing sadder watching someone walk around without any goal, aim, or purpose. What does it mean to be the salt and light? And I just want to touch on three things today. How can we be the salt and light? How can we live this life of calling in our lives? The first is this, be counter-cultural. The first thing that we need to realize is that the world we live in is not what God intended. God created a world of light, but through sin, we created it to become dark. Friends, you don't have to look far to understand how broken this world is the broken relationships that we experience, the brokenness in the environment that we live in. Just turn on the news. All the trauma and pain that you see is a result of the brokenness and the darkness of the world that we live in. Please don't fool yourself thinking that we live in a decent world. Like I think we feel like that because we live in Sydney, the greatest city in the world. But it's not like that. Our world is dark and broken at the best of times. And here's the thing. If your life looks exactly the same as someone next to you that's living in the world, well, you're not making a difference. You're not standing out. You're not being a difference. See, friends, we need to come to a place where we are okay with understanding that as Christians and as believers that our lives will be different. That from the believer and the non-believer that our lives will look different from what the world is telling or what the world is promoting. Our lives will look different, but we need to find ourselves in a place where we are okay with that. Like you've got to be okay with the fact that you are called to be countercultural, meaning You've got to be okay with everyone's turning left and you're going to be turning right. You've got to be okay with the fact that you might look a little different. You might speak a little different. You might be perceived a little bit different. Because that's what it means to be a difference, to be the salt and light. We're called to be countercultural. And here's the problem. Sometimes we get to a place where we could even become ridiculed, mocked, looked down upon. 
because of what we believe and because of the life that we live. But can I tell you, don't be afraid of that. That should more so encourage you to know that you are on the right path. If you're the same as every other person in your workplace or in your school, that's not a believer, and you're living the same life as them and the same value system as them, I think that's, I think you should be worried then. But the first thing that we need to understand to be the soul and light is we need to be countercultural. Second thing is this, you need to put yourself out there. And all the introverts said, amen. (laughs) Of course, none of the introverts said amen. That's why they're introverts. It was a test. Whoever said amen, you're really an extrovert. You know, to be the salt and light, to be the difference, you you can't do that hiding in your cave. You know, what's the use of being a grain of salt in a salt shaker? You're not being any different. You're just being the same as everyone else around you. What's the use of having the brightest torch in your hand on a sunny day outside? You make no difference at all. And what that is, is Christianity inside the church. When I say put yourself out there, it means you've got to step outside of what you're comfortable with. You've got to step outside of who you normally hang out with. You've got to step outside just your little clique of friends in the church. The call is not for you to be comfortable in the church. See, I think sometimes we, we can fall into that trap as Christians. You're like, you know what, I'm not following the comfortable things of this world. But man, you know, inside my little church, inside my little life group, I'm pretty comfortable and I'm, I'm happy with that. Once again, God says, I didn't call you for comfort. I called you for calling. It's not meant to be here. It's meant to be out there. Jesus says, let your light shine before others, before others, not just yourself, not just your church, not just your Christian friends and family. It means you need to step out. Step out of where you are familiar, where you are comfortable, and you need to put yourself out there. And this becomes scary because when you put yourself out there, people can push back onto you. Sometimes we don't put ourselves out there because we're of the fear of failure, of the fear of what people think. But Jesus, well, that's what he calls us to do. God tells us to be bold and courageous. Put ourselves out there to be the salt and light. Finally, what does it mean to be the salt and light? It's always point back to the light source. Something that we need to understand and remember is that we are not the source of flavor and we are not the creator of light. All we're doing is we're taking the light, which is like the sun, and we're just reflecting. We're just reflecting that light into the dark places. Sometimes, and I hope no one is like this, but sometimes we can uh, misunderstand the call. The, the, the call is to make the light of Jesus nice and big, not the light of whatever your name is. Jesus says, so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. This should be a reminder that we're not making disciples for ourselves. Not making Steve Char's disciples. You know, the char of the church of Stephen Char. Okay, if we ever change our church name to that, leave. Please leave. It's not for ourselves, it's for Jesus. Be countercultural. Put yourself out there. Always point back to the light source. Jesus calls us to a high calling. 
not just to live for ourselves and our own comfort, but to live for Him. Jesus tells us to follow Him. Jesus tells us with everything that we have, go and be the salt and light. And sometimes we're like, well, what does that look like for us? What does that actually look like? And I want to take us to a video. And I want to show you um, an example of what it looks like to live not for comfort, but for calling. Let's go to the video. I just want to read that last quote. And this is what Billy Graham said. Someday you'll hear or read that Billy Graham is dead. Don't you believe a word of it? I shall be more alive than I am now. I will just have changed my address. I will have gone into the presence of God. You know, what I'm not trying to do tonight is tell you you need to be Billy Graham. There will never be another Billy Graham. The call on Billy Graham's life was the call on his life. And only, only he could do what God called him to do. There will never ever be another Billy Graham. But God created a Steve Char, created a James Jang, Chris Palmer, an Afshin Karamanamashan. I don't know how to say your last name. <laughs> You know, God created an Esther Lee, a Jen Song. That's you, mate. (laughs) You're still getting used to that last name, huh? And here's the thing. God's got a call on each and every one of our lives, and it looks different from other people. You know, for some of us, you know, you, you guys are students right now. And you're like, well, what can I do? I'm just a student. And God's like, well, I put you there. I put you in that university. I put you in that college. I put you in that guest house. I put you in that ministry for you to make a difference, to be the salt and light there and then. You know, I, I, I can't go to your university. I'm... You know, I I can't be you. Only you can be you. And what God has called you to be is just the salt and light in your own context, in your own setting. So whether it be a university student, whether it be a full-time worker in the city, whether it be working in a startup business in your home, whether it be a full-time mother or carer, Wherever you are right now, God is asking you to not live for yourself, but to live for His call, which is to be the salt and light. You know, one day, we will all meet Jesus face to face. One day, we will all meet Him face to face. And the Bible tells us, that there are two responses. There's only two greetings that Jesus has when he meets us face to face. And the first one is what we would know that Billy Graham would have heard. is welcome home. Well done, good and faithful servant. 
But sadly, the other response when we meet Jesus is that he will tell us, I'm sorry, I don't know you. Friends, God has not created us for our own comfort. And as much as that might not make you feel very good about yourself, to know that you have been called, you have been created for his call in your life. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter what skills and talents you have, what languages you can speak. No, in whatever context you're in and whatever you're doing, Jesus says, go be the soul. Go be the light. Go and make a difference. And it's not about when I get there, when I graduate, when I'm married. No, he says, now. Now. But I don't know too much about Jesus. No, no, no. Now. I've only been going to church for a year. No, no, no. Now. I don't have that many friends. It doesn't matter. Now. Even with the few friends that you have. My question tonight is this. Are you living for your comfort? Or are you living for his call? It's one or the other. It's one or the other. You're either living for what God wants for you or you're either living for what you want for yourself. It's one or the other. You can't, there's no gray in this. A lot of, this is the problem with our faith is we think there's a gray. We think that we can have both. And I'm telling you, no, you can't. Because you either deny yourself or you live for yourself. You make a choice. So when you wake up this morning or when you wake up tomorrow morning and you think about your study or your work or your family or your children or your finances or, or, or whatever you got in the plan, you got to ask yourself, am I living this for today? Uh, am I living this for myself or am I living this Am I going to deny this? Am I going to deny myself and live for his kingdom? That's the choice. You either live for your comfort or you live for his calling. And I pray that you would live for his calling. I pray that you would find yourself in a place where you would realize that there is nothing more important There is nothing more important than to live for the reason why you were created for, for his purposes, for his glory. Let's pray.